Welcome to Manners and Madness, a Jane Austen and David Lynch podcast. My name is Maya Adkins. And I'm Christian Cabrera. And today we are back in Twin Peaks for season two, <laughs> episode 10. Yes. Dispute between brothers. <laughs> <laughs> Foolish old brothers. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, it has been a little while since we've done any Twin Peaks, but it still felt very fresh in my mind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, as I was watching the beginning of it, when they're talking about Leland, I was like, oh, yeah, that happened uh, like yesterday when I watched the episode, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, no, a couple months ago. <laughs> yeah. This is a fun episode because it kind of, I mean, it does kind of wrap up what we've already had, although I feel like that's pretty much already wrapped up, but it's like setting up all yes. the new stories to come. So it's fun. I was watching it today and I was like, I can just watch Twin Peaks all the time. I never get bored of watching it. <laughs> it's just so good. And I don't know what it just, I, I just feel like every aspect of it is just so interesting. Like I'm never like, there's never a part of Twin Peaks where I'm like, oh, can we like get to the good stuff? Like, I feel like everything is the good stuff. Yeah. <laughs> it's just so interesting. And I was thinking while watching this episode, uh, because it was so heavy in the beginning of like, well, this is the end. It was nice knowing you guys. And yeah. I was like, I wonder if like when people saw it, they were like, is this the last episode? And they didn't tell us. <laughs> is Cooper leaving? <laughs> Forever. Are we going to follow uh, him? Or are we going to follow the town of Twin Peaks? But we don't need to worry about that so much. <laughs> exactly. There's always got to be something in Twin Peaks. Yes, definitely. <laughs> uh, well, what was your first impression? I really loved it. I was happy to be back. I feel like I had missed these characters, especially Audrey, because she's my favorite. And yeah, I'm glad we, we got a, a lot. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a lot of good Audrey. And it was very much like, what's the, she was just like a boss the whole episode. Uh, like you could <laughs> tell she was in charge. And it was such a, like a, a difference from like her earlier episodes in this season, which made me really happy because I was like, that's the Audrey I no and that's the Audrey and expect yeah exactly so I just drugged in a uh, brothel (laughs) yeah damsel in distress I was like she clearly would get herself out of that but (laughs) I was glad to see her back and I was glad I was I'm just kind of glad to see the whole her and Cooper like romance story kind of (laughs) <laughs> wrapped up in a way and I was like oh, thank yeah. god I don't want to I don't want to have to think about this anymore <laughs> yeah it wasn't ever creepy or anything and I like how the first thought was like you are a teenager <laughs> right <laughs> not only that he works here but you're a teenager so that was nice and I was just so glad to see everyone back yeah yeah definitely I feel like every scene new scene we would get to I'd be like oh starting this storyline oh i'm excited for this i can't wait for christian to see what's happening here so (laughs) (laughs) i love it i love all of what's coming up and actually Mm -hmm. this it was funny because back at the end of twin peaks and raps run and they were doing all the community rewatches and i did a couple of some lines for some of the different scenes and Mm -hmm. this was the first one i did they did the funeral scene and I I did Eileen Hayward's lines and I think the the premise of it was that these were like slightly different scenes like this is maybe how they were originally written and you know for the Twin Peaks unwrapped readings but I think that the the Eileen Hayward lines were exactly the same so (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> just a little deja vu where you're mouthing the words as she was saying. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the part I played because she said it. I was like, hey. <laughs> that was so familiar. Very familiar. <laughs> I thought that um, Sarah was taking <laughs> the tragedy of her life very well, though. It was very shocking. I was just thinking, should I bring that up or should I wait until we get to the recap? Because... I have a lot. I have a lot of thoughts on the beginning of the episode and like how <laughs> everyone's dealing with Leland's death <laughs> in the last. Right. Episode. Yeah. Well, we can we can go in depth when we start the recap. Yeah. <laughs> we can really get our thoughts out. But suffice it to say, they are um, a little less intense than I would expect. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, there was some also some language around it that I was like. This feels weird, but yeah, <laughs> we'll get to it. I guess we could go ahead and get to the notes then. Yes. Because <laughs> I certainly don't remember my first impression from back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like you've watched it so many times it all blends together now. It totally in a way. does. I always thought this was the beginning of the second season for the longest time. Oh, really? <laughs> when I had, it does feel like it. a beginning. Yeah, <laughs> I thought this was the first season or the first episode of the second season for the longest time. <laughs> okay, okay. Notes for season two, episode ten. It was released on the best day ever, December eighth, nineteen ninety. December eighth is my birthday. <laughs> the director was Tina Rathborn. Uh huh. And. The writers were Mark Frost. Nope, I'm a liar. (laughs) This episode was not written by Mark Frost. I was going to say, I I have a different writer in mine. (laughs) (laughs) It was written by Trisha Brock. I apologize, Trisha. Yeah, I actually looked both of them up because I'm not really familiar, but you know, when I see a woman's name in the credits, I'm like, oh, let me see what they are. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting because it seemed like Tina Rathborn now is more of a writer and... Trisha Brock is now more of a director. Yeah, I was saying that she directed <laughs> some of Bridgerton and. Oh, did she do Bridgerton? I I didn't yeah. notice that one, but I did see she was she did a lot of stuff. Oh recently. wait, yeah. Well, it says Bridgerton, but it has next year's date, so I think she's directed the new ones. Oh, well, that's a real yeah. Well, I mean, kind of a crossover, I guess. Bridgerton. <laughs> we haven't covered it, so it doesn't quite count as a crossover, but. Right. It's semi-crossover. Crossover adjacent. Yes. (laughs) But as far as casts go, we kind of have our our normies with us. (laughs) Let me see if we have any like... Oh, Um, We have Russ Tamblin back as Dr. Lawrence Jacoby. He's returned. (laughs) Back from Hawaii. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot you left. (laughs) With his 3D glasses. Uh Uh-huh. We have uh, James Booth as Ernie Niles. Uh, um, Jane Greer as Vivian Smith Niles, uh, Clarence uh-huh. Williams III <laughs> as FBI agent Roger Hardy, hmm. Gavin questions oh, about him. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. and the next one, uh, Gavin O'Herlihy as RCMP <laughs> officer Preston King. He looked so familiar. He did. I was like, <laughs> "Who are you?" And where I did look from? him up. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I definitely know where you know him from. He was um, he was in Willow. Oh, really? His name was Ark, A-I-R-K, Ark. Oh, yes, I am. Okay, flashing. I'm having flashbacks of Willow right now. <laughs> remembering 
if I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it was like the first thing that popped in, I was like, I definitely know where you got it from. <laughs> Um, yeah, because the last time I watched Willow, I realized that I watched that movie a thousand times as a child because it's like burned <laughs> into my brain when I watch it. <laughs> <laughs> you can just recite the lines with it. Yeah. Uh, we have Tony J as Dougie Milford. Oh, yes. And that's kind of our major new character. And the other Milford, is he not listed? He wasn't credited anywhere. Maybe I missed him. Let me go back really fast. I was, he is that's the other I was brother in the dispute between brothers. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I was looking for. Dwayne. And then I was like, went to the bottom and he wasn't there. It would be Let's Dwayne see. Milford, I believe. Oh, okay, here he is. John Boylan as Mayor Dwayne Milford. Oh, he's the mayor? I thought, okay, I'm confused. I thought Dwayne was the newspaper person and Dougie was the mayor, but I'm just... I'm just confused. It's okay. <laughs> just got it mixed up. They do look very similar, so maybe you got it mixed up. Maybe. Or maybe that's just, uh, well, I'll have to check next time. Because they do come in more. So is that it for notes? I was trying to see if I had anything like trivia-ish. Oh, I have the Log Lady intro that I can oh, read. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But also, there, I don't know if you noticed it, and I kind of noticed it, but in one of the scenes when they're in, like, the lobby of the police station, there's, like, this giant, like, NRA poster. <laughs> <laughs> and is that no? I, I saw it, and I was like, oh, NRA, whatever, whatever. <laughs> but apparently, it was for the National Recovery Administration. So it was not for the you know the bad NRA. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes, it was uh, set up by FDR to foster cooperation between the government, industry, and citizens during the Great Depression. So nice. I wonder. I don't really recall when the NRA came into like yeah. the gun one came into being. Right. Um, I don't know if it's like a thing that's always been there or if it came around ninety five. You know, <laughs> who knows? <laughs> right, right. But I I remember seeing it. and I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> but but that's looks funny. like I was wrong. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> okay, do you want me to read the log lady intro? Yes, please. Complications set in. Yes, complications. How many times have we heard it's simple? Nothing is simple. We live in a world where nothing is simple. Each day, just when we think we have a handle on things, suddenly some new element is introduced, and everything is complicated once again. What is the secret? What is the secret to simplicity, to the pure and simple life? Are our appetites, our desires undermining us? Is the cart in front of the horse? Hmm, <sighs> I feel like that's talking to Cooper specifically. <laughs> yeah, you want say, the simple life? Here you go, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> you love Twin Peaks so much? You're going <laughs> to Dispute between brothers. Okay, so it starts off kind of like, I feel like the credits are like shortened. Like they feel like they start in the middle in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know they're usually I, shorter, but yeah. Yeah, ahead, I remember sorry. I was like, when I was starting it, I had started it and I was like, these credits are going to be forever. Let me go get a snack and let me get a drink. <laughs> and I remember like in the middle of me getting it, I heard this <laughs> show start and I was like, oh my God, I got to hurry. <laughs> I, was, I noticed that it was so much shorter. I was like, huh, maybe I was just. Yeah. Like, I mean, I know they have shorter versions that they play sometimes, but it really felt like it started like in the middle of the song. <laughs> they had a lot of stuff to get off their chest, apparently. <laughs> yeah, they had to fit a lot into this episode. Okay, so I do like a lot of the like 
random little, I don't know if it was Tina Rathbone or if it's just like a Twin Peaks thing, but like there was a lot of, like the opening shot was kind of uh, the moon through the forest. So it's like dark, mm-hmm. but it's heading towards the light. And so I thought that was like symbolic for what we just went through. And now we're like going to the light. Yeah. It was very pretty too. And we kind of see the Palmer's mantle with the photos of Laura and Leland. Ugh. And Doc Hayward is there. He's about to give her an injection. But she realizes that she doesn't want it. And she says she needs to be there for both of them. And, yeah, it's it's Leland's funeral today. Laura's, she's is still pretty fresh in her grave. There's only, like, a little yeah. grief, she says. So it's only been, like, two weeks, I believe, in the time frame of the show. Yeah, it's pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cooper is there, and he explains to Sarah that Leland fell victim to a dark force. And Sarah says she knows that it was Bob, basically. Although she, I don't think she knows. She didn't say Bob, but she knows it was Bob. Right. And Cooper says he wants to explain what happened before Leland died, that Leland confronted the horror he had caused and died at peace seeing Laura. And Sarah seems comforted. Yeah. And I um, was like, wow, you, I mean, I guess. (laughs) I mean, she reacted so over the top crazy. I mean, maybe not over the top, but like, you know, it's just heightened when Laura died. screaming and and maybe it's just a matter of the fact that she's you know just been wrung dry for the past two weeks and so she's gonna (laughs) have a lot more but she just seems so like okay well i'm not that upset that my husband killed my daughter (laughs) (laughs) well it was like it felt too like quaint in a way because i i did like the part where she kind of refuses the like sedative and is like i want to like be there for real because I at first I was like oh maybe there's like some sort of aspect that of her that she feels guilt for like you know not being present after Laura died to really see Leland kind of falling apart and yeah in a way like I don't know to save Maddie even um because yeah. like let's not forget that her her niece is dead too <laughs> so. yeah. and probably she doesn't I mean that was her sister who seemed to be her only I mean, her sister's child, who seemed to be like her only other family from what right. I can tell. Right. So it just, it just felt, I didn't like, like the way that Cooper was explaining it and about how it wasn't really Leland and it was like this, you know, it was Bob, blah, blah, blah. And the way she was kind of accepting it, it just didn't feel like it matched up really well because in a way she was kind of, it, to me, I would have expected her to react the way she was more if he was like, yeah, your husband was a murderer and he killed your daughter and blah, blah, blah. But it was like, you know, I feel like she would have been so much more like refutive if he had, if from what he actually told her saying that it was Bob and that he was possessed and she would have been like, okay, crazy. <laughs> like yeah, she's seen well, Bob, but you know. Yeah, she's definitely tapped into like that whole otherworldly thing. And, you know, the show is obviously trying to be more on the side of it was a possession (laughs) and Mm -hmm. there were strange creatures. And so that does lessen Leland's culpability to a certain extent. But like, right. Yeah, it just is just kind of strange that she was like just so grieving for Laura. But I mean, not that she would be grieving as much for Leland, but like, I don't know. It just seems like I'd be a mess. (laughs) That would be kind of the worst of all situations. Even if it was like a possession, especially so, it'd be even crazier. 
But right. But you know, I think we're also trying to stay with the show. We're wrapping this up and moving on. So let's right. get bogged down in what's already happened. <laughs> right. <laughs> they were like, this part is over. You will take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah, because the reception, which is next, is pretty <laughs> light and twin peaksy. You know, it's full yeah. of kooky characters being kooky. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we start with a great abundance of food. Which doesn't mean anything to you yet, but will someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was like thinking as they were putting it down, um, because I had uh, worked on a web series that was sort of like had a bunch of food. And I, you know, you got to see like that it's not like it's freshly made food. You know, it's been sitting on a set all day, basically. <laughs> and as they're putting it down, I was like, this looks like the most unappetizing, like cold <laughs> sitting food. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did better than the hospital food, though. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so th- it's like the whole town's at Sarah's house. I don't know. Do you call it a reception after a funeral? I don't think it's, I know it's after a wedding, but I'm not sure if it's called a reception. I think but so. The sir, the, yeah, the service and then the, I, I don't know. I think, I think it's reception. The celebration matters. of life. <laughs> <laughs> we see Nadine there. And she's shining her shoes. <laughs> I was, I can't explain how happy I was to see her. I was so excited. I know. Me too. I was like, oh, one of my favorite storylines that's coming. <laughs> <sighs> Hank is loading up a plate or two. Norma and Ed are there smiling at each other. And I, I think, yeah, I think that's where Hank brings over a plate. <laughs> They're like, Audrey's like, do they let anybody in these things? <laughs> <laughs> because Sarah looks at him like, do I know your name? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Audrey and Eileen Hayward are sitting with Sarah, which is an interesting pairing. I mean, I could definitely see Eileen and Sarah, but Audrey. I didn't know Audrey had ever met her before. <laughs> yeah. I guess. Yeah. yeah. It's just interesting. You know, you don't even think about these other relationships that are probably happening because they've lived in the same town their whole lives Right. So. I, I just, it was a spot that I would have expected Donna to be in. Yeah, that's true. Donna, though, she's talking to Ed about <laughs> James and uh, how James thinks that it's his fault that, uh, <sighs> I guess, I, I mean, Ed is reassuring <laughs> and <laughs> I was just I like, mean... also Donna, I feel like, I mean, she does look sad, but she just almost got killed by Leland the day before, so. Yeah. Well, I was just like, her and James cannot help but somehow make it about themselves. And that really annoyed me. It's true. Oh, okay. It's called The Wake. The Wake, that's it. But I just was like, in my head, formulating my sentence. But um, <laughs> she's at the wake of her dead best friend's dead father who killed her best friend who almost killed her, who killed her sort of new best friend. And yeah. <laughs> she is just like, what about James and me? Did we do yeah. this? James laughs. I'm like, girl, get your head where it needs right. to be. Because that is not it. <laughs> <laughs> right. We are so beyond that at this point. You have seen something so terrible. I would not even think twice about James. <laughs> yeah, I feel like, James, go do your own thing. Come back if you feel like it, but... Let's not. Or don't. <laughs> or don't. <laughs> um, okay, so 
Major Briggs is there and he is welcoming Dr. Jacoby home. Mm -hmm. And we see two old men, one of which is the mayor, fighting. (laughs) (laughs) Ridiculous. They're arguing about the mayor's new young wife or something, I believe. Yeah, very young. (laughs) The other, the one who's not the mayor owns the paper, I believe. (laughs) I think he also writes the paper. She's like a one-man paper. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so Cooper, uh, I think he's talking to Briggs. He says he's gonna, he's thinking about cashing in his vacation time and staying in Twin Peaks for a while. And Briggs invites him to go night fishing with him. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) I'd go night fishing with Major Briggs any day. (laughs) I think it's because I'm like so accustomed to like Florida lakes and Florida uh, wildlife that I'd be like, no, I don't want to be eaten by alligators. No, thank you. (laughs) Well, I mean, I've gone shrimping and that's a nighttime thing. And it's always, always so much fun. Like as a kid to go out on the dock after dark uh-huh. and, you know, shine the light and throw the thing. <laughs> I could see it being fun, but uh, I don't know. And they don't have I'm alligators very... in Washington. <laughs> yeah, well, that we know of. <laughs> what sort of cryptid do they have in their lakes? <laughs> they have Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> and of course, Doc. Major Briggs would know where the Bigfoots are, I'm sure. I'm sure he's met Bigfoot. Probably. Okay. Nadine <laughs> wants to know if Ed can see her underpants and her shoes reflection. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's like been polishing her shoes the whole time. So I feel like she's trying to get them shiny enough so that you can see her underwear in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's a, I, I had an opposite where she was like, oh, I need to polish my shoes. And then she polished them too good. And she's like, did I do it too much? Maybe, maybe. Although I feel like with that little look on her face, she's hoping that people are looking at her underwear and her shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that could also be. <laughs> she's got these like lace socks on that I swear I must have had a pair of these as a kid. I don't know if I had the lacy version, but I know I had like the frilly yeah. version. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like uh, everyone had those and like, you know, then the shiny shoes, the plastic black shoes, everyone had. Them. Yep. I once tried to heat up a pair. This is my, this is my, <laughs> my little kid <laughs> thought, oh, I'll heat up my socks on this lamp. And I melted them and it was very embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> I hit them sure that was... the trash can. <laughs> my mom um... later, like a week later was like, what is what are these my <laughs> what are these, what are these... <laughs> <laughs> just to prove that they're made out of like the most melty material around <laughs> yes <laughs> just the term melty plastic <laughs> okay <laughs> sorry uh sarah tells audrey about donna and laura vowing to be best friends forever i don't even barely remember that but the oh and the two older gentlemen their fight needs to be broken up and of course i was like cute old men (laughs) (laughs) it's like one of them is gross and a pervert well maybe it's david lynch that made me love old men because he's got so many adorable old men in all of his stuff you know and now he is an adorable old man (laughs) it probably is um yeah that's probably what it was Probably. Yes, yes, yes. Cooper's like, I'm going to miss this place as they break up the fight between (laughs) the dispute between brothers. I was thinking about dispute between brothers and like what it related to. And obviously it's this, but I think also you could like equate it to 
what's going on with Cooper and mm-hmm. maybe even like Shelly and Bobby, even though they're not brothers, but we'll see if we can find some other examples. Yeah. Okay, so then we go to the school and Ed and Dr. Jacoby are there asking the principal of the high school to admit Nadine. <laughs> <laughs> Please. <laughs> and he says that she's a 35-year-old woman. And I was like, interesting. Because, I mean, I can definitely see Nadine as being 35. She looks like she could be anywhere between 30 and 40. But mm-hmm. her and Ed are supposed to be the same age. Yeah. And I feel like he looks like he's like 45. <laughs> but then I yeah. think Sheriff Truman is supposed to be... I mean, Norma is... I don't know. I can't remember if Ed and Sheriff Truman were on the same football team. <sighs> I just started I think questioning they were. how I think old they is were. everyone in this show. <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I have a, a theory that there are some sort of, there used to be human growth hormones in uh, water because <laughs> I look back at like yearbooks from the nineties and so on. And the seniors look like 45 year old men to me. And <laughs> nowadays they look like 18 year olds. So I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just a perception thing because like, Back in my parents' day, that all the guys had like mustaches. It was like a big yeah. thing, so it made everyone look older. But when I was a kid, I used to think seniors looked so old until I was older than a senior, and then I was like, they all look like children. So right, I don't know. I don't know. But Twin Peaks, obviously, the kids are like in their twenties, and yes. all these sort of, <laughs> I guess, are supposed to be in their mid thirties. But that just like makes my brain go. It was also kind of weird because I've always thought of Nadine as being older than me because she always was. But now if she's 35, she's younger than me. So I was just having like a little tiny existential crisis. When I was the just... <laughs> <laughs> you were like, wait, <laughs> how old are you? Okay. So back to the Great Northern, Cooper is packing. Audrey comes in to see when he's leaving. And, you know, they have their whole scene about, you know, you're too young for me and you were involved in a case so no and she says that she thinks he was hurt once and he says no someone was hurt by me Uh, what he says that it was a witness who died in his arms and at the time Wyndham earl was his partner and he lost his mind i guess because of her dying in his arms yeah it's not the last we'll hear of Wyndham Earl. I actually think we've heard oh, of him uh, before, but... Yes, we have. Yeah. Cooper, though, says that he and Audrey will always be friends. And she says, when she grows up, he better watch out. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, yeah, he better. <laughs> She's on her way to being the best FBI agent they've ever seen. Yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I just would have love to have seen an audrey in the fbi series uh that's like the director yeah so we get lots of low angles in this um as well as the cool transition shots mm-hmm. and we get one when we see bobby putting on leo's suit which is too big for him <laughs> yes noticeably uh shelly she's such a great actress but she seems less than thrilled about his whole <laughs> suit and going out and trying to get this job or whatever. But Bobby is very sure of himself. But Shelly's just really good in that scene, you know? Just her like Yeah. She's exhausted. So over it. I'm so tired. 
Okay, and then we get to a fun scene. We're back into the police station, and Catherine, looking like she just hiked out of the woods, is cosplaying for Harry. (laughs) 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 He's like, are you dead? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, has she been living with, like, the squirrels and the trees? (laughs) (laughs) She looks like it. I just hiked out of the forest and walked straight to the sheriff's office. (laughs) And she tells the whole story. And I, I'm wondering how much of the story actually is true because, like, a lot of it that we know of is true. We just don't right. know. And obviously, there's a lot she's leaving out at the end. hmm <laughs> She says that an angel saved her life. She found herself in the woods after the fire and was terrified and i was like well i mean finding yourself in the twin peaks woods at night is terrifying (laughs) probably a hooting everywhere (laughs) but as she wandered all night she eventually found that she was near her old summer cabin at um what was it called the lake the same lake that leland's family cabin was at indian lakes maybe something like that that sounds familiar i can't remember I should have written it down. And she says, only an angel could have brought her there. (laughs) She's really selling it. She's crying. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I don't know how much of this story is BS because you definitely didn't come back when you ran out of weenies. I think you went to the summer cabin, picked up the phone and called your makeup artist and said, Mm -hmm. come make me into a Japanese A woods woman. (laughs) Oh, yes. (laughs) Come put me in yellow face. Um, Okay. So then... We see the lobby. Lucy is changing a light bulb. She's always, I feel like she's always like on a ladder doing something. (laughs) Dick Tremaine comes in. He says he's stopped smoking since yesterday. I'm like, it hasn't even been 24 (laughs) hours since we've seen you with a cigarette. (laughs) Um, But he's now excited to be a parent. And Andy listens in the hallway with Hawk. Mm -hmm. Dick says he enrolled himself in some sort of a big brother program. So that he can care for someone else. Meanwhile, <laughs> go, ahead. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I mean Lucy's falling off the ladder, and he's like, "I'm going to yeah. care for someone else." And she's falling yes. off the ladder; he doesn't even notice. And he's just <laughs> looking down and thinking about himself. <laughs> exactly. That's Dick Tremaine for you. And then Andy comes around with his own pronouncement. His mama said, "No fighting when there's a bun in the oven." <laughs> this <laughs> is so sweet. He's so sweet. It was. A, it was sweet. And Lucy was like. Oh. Hawk. So he basically is like, we need to all get along. He shakes Dick Tremaine's hand, who Dick is just like, he barely touches it. (laughs) When he goes back around the corner, Hawk is like, you're crazy. But Andy says that he knows Lucy and morals and manly behavior is what she wants. (laughs) Very smart, Andy. It is. (sighs) Okay, so Cooper goes to say goodbye to Truman. Truman... I guess he's just going fishing and then leaving. I don't know what happened to him taking his time off, but just, you know. Um, maybe he wants to travel elsewhere. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Go try all the pie in the region. <laughs> <laughs> Truman gives him a green butt skunk lure. <laughs> he tied it himself. <laughs> <laughs> he also gives him a bookhouse boy patch for his jean jacket. Oh, <laughs> it was so nice. Yeah. He's officially one of them now. And Cooper is honored. And then he toots his whistle before he says goodbye to Hawk. Hawk says, may the wind be always at your back. 
And he also says goodbye to Andy and Lucy. It's very Wizard of Oz. It is. Although I was like, <laughs> of course Lucy gets like the non-personal line. <laughs> it was like, everyone was like, you know, you're the most like, you know, smart person. You're very, you have a very big heart. And to Lucy, he was like, invite me to the wedding. <laughs> it's just like, she's got other qualities too. That's true, but he it would take too long yeah, to list them all. <laughs> exactly. But it doesn't matter because these goodbyes are for naught. Because just then, mm-hmm. a Mountie and Roger from the FBI come in. <laughs> <laughs> He's in internal affairs. Mm. And they announce that Cooper is suspended from the FBI immediately and without pay. I was like, are you kidding me? I have... I mean, police officers can be put right leave (laughs) while still getting paid for years. I think it was probably because it was white on white violence, but you know. (laughs) Well, yeah, and we do. This is an idealized society. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, basically, it's because he crossed into Canada, and there is an allegation about his methods and motivation. And I would have said, from who? Say their name. (laughs) And are you in on this too? Yes. (laughs) We haven't found out quite yet about that. It seems all very fishy. Yeah, of course. Cooper would never do anything wrong. I mean, he was wrong to go to Canada without getting permission, but he would never (laughs) do anything anything wrong, wrong, even though he broke the law. But, you know. (laughs) But he didn't steal drugs, you know? No, of course not. He only broke the law for good. And we know that because we were with him. <laughs> exactly. If they knew Audrey, they would have broken the law too. Yeah. And besides, it was a bookhouse boy thing. It wasn't technically on the books, FBI. <laughs> right. Exactly. Off books, house boys. <laughs> uh, but there, I mean, you know, Jacques did get killed and blah, blah, blah. There was a lot of, uh, definitely I'm like, uh, are reviewable, we missing those people? reviewable stuff. <laughs> <laughs> are we missing those people? Come on. Yeah, right. Okay, so we see Bobby pacing outside of Ben Horn's office. This is fun. Oh, Bobby. Yeah, because if we um, can remember back, Ben or Bobby found that tape in Leo's shoe Mm -hmm. and tried to blackmail Ben. But he never told Shelly about finding the tape as far as I can tell. And I don't think she didn't seem to know. No. Ben refuses to see him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Audrey comes out and makes fun of him. Then she says, count to 10. And at five, she comes back out and says that he owes her one and that he can go in. <laughs> <laughs> she said, here, clown. Like, I feel like this scene with him wearing a slightly too large suit and him kind of like acting out and him having like the shorter, like slick back hair was like, you are literally a child and people have to do things for you because you're a baby. It's so funny when she comes out and she's like, is it Halloween? (laughs) You're dressed (laughs) like a lounge lizard. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't make me laugh. (laughs) And Audrey is like carrying this basket of blankets when he goes Mm -hmm. into the office and Ben looks extremely disheveled and immediately calls (laughs) security to have him removed. And then Audrey saves his bacon for the second time when she comes running in, not with her basket of rugs or whatever she had, but a box of napkins. (laughs) (laughs) It's like she's doing a lot more work around the lodge. (laughs) 
Uh, I think it's just like a little continuity error, but I thought it was really funny. <laughs> it's like, <Yeah>. she <laughs> threw down the basket and picked up a box. <laughs> <laughs> These are more important. <laughs> okay, so, oh, we're, I think we're back at the station. Mm-hmm. Roger is um, questioning people, and I think he's with Cooper to begin with, and he asks about Jacques, and he says that he basically ruined the Canadians' bust. They were going to what do you call it undercover bust of yes jean renault and roger also thinks that cooper may have stolen cocaine i think and he tells him to surrender his gun and badge no never <laughs> <laughs> harry comes in and very obviously gives him the bookhouse sign <laughs> like can be a little more subtle buddy <laughs> i was like harry like, you know you can get in trouble, right? <laughs> like, just very much, like, picks up his... He might as well have been screaming the whole time. <laughs> like, don't forget that patch! <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, and they ask him, you know, he if he will tell them what he knows, and he refuses to cooperate without the proper paperwork, which they do not have. And he says... I don't think he says, but I wrote, he loves Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) He did say some very nice things about Cooper. I did think it was funny where they were like, you know, feel free to have a seat. He was like, no, I'll stand. It's like, okay, (laughs) weirdo. I just love him and his defensiveness of Cooper. Because, you know, the real romance of this um, story. I I feel like it was so much more like apparent in this episode. I was like, they're boyfriends. Like, you know, they're boyfriends. Yes. Uh, Then we go to Twin Peaks High School to the cheerleader tryouts. Oh, my God. This is my favorite. Nadine performs some Olympic level tumbling and then throws a a boy a mile into the air. (laughs) (laughs) I love how she was like, all right, I'm going to toss (laughs) you. Yeah, right. And then throws him about 300 feet into the air. (laughs) Yeah. I said, I know she's supposed to be so much older, but all the students look so old, you can barely tell. <laughs> right. And I like how they are not like, why is this like 35-year-old woman trying out with us? They're all very excited to see her. <laughs> and they're like, oh, yes, she's great. She can really add some spice to this cheerleading team. <laughs> Back at the Johnson residence, Shelly is brushing Leo's teeth. And Yuck. when Bobby calls, <clears throat> and Shelly is... It's just like a short scene. She's like, the money isn't worth it. And then Leo moves on his own. Oh, my God. I hate this. <laughs> I hate it so much. I know. I'd be like, get him out. I don't want him anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'd be like, I don't know why you're not, like, scheduling this all yourself. He would be gone. Yeah. And then we see Norma. Oh, this scene breaks my heart. Yeah. Norma, who I want to point out, <laughs> after having watched The Sense and Sensibility in 1981, Norma is very much a Marianne and the fact that she whispers all of her lines. Yes. <laughs> She's a line whisperer. Very intense and like, I'm, I'm not going to yell. screaming at my mother if that was me, but she's just like, oh, I'm yeah. going to whisper as harshly and dramatically as I can, mother. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. So she read the critics review and it basically said the food wasn't good. And then Vivian just admits to writing it. Which I don't I knew understand. It. How can you not know your mother is a food critic? I wonder if this was like, this is I, did they, maybe like, did, did, do they ever say where her mom lives? 
Mm, no, I don't think so. I think it's like Seattle or something. Like that. Yeah. Okay, because I was thinking like to me like her being like a food critic and you know it seems like maybe like she does a lot of like really posh restaurants like it seems like a rich lady job they were like you go to a nice yeah, maybe a lot of nice places you can just write how good they are yeah uh, so anyway she's empty wince and she's really such a bitch <laughs> yeah she's a piece of garbage she's like my ethics i'm like are you kidding me and norma's like ethics i'm your daughter you didn't have to write an article at all you could have just left me out of it right. there's a million other restaurants to review <laughs> exactly what was the point especially if you're not going to be like at, you don't have to be like this is the best meal i've ever had in my entire life you don't have to be like that at least be like normal like it was okay yeah i mean anyway. what a bitch Norma's like, what about the standards of common decency? <laughs> <laughs> and then she kicks her out of her life, rightfully so. She says she doesn't want to be hurt by her anymore. And I, it just makes me wonder, like, ugh, if she's willing to do this to her adult daughter, like, what kind of a mother has she been her whole life? Exactly. <laughs> no wonder she ended up with Hank. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was like, it's your fault. <laughs> Probably. <sighs> but then we see Hank, ugh, my least favorite character. Me too. Hank and Ernie have some girls at One-Eyed Jack's. <laughs> How is this place still open? <laughs> <laughs> like what? Three or four people have been murdered there? They're doing, they're actively investigating this place. I mean, <laughs> okay. But I mean, not really, I guess, because the Canadian guy is actually in on the whole thing. But, or right. is he? I think he is. But so Hank basically wants Ernie to do something nefarious and Ernie is very reluctant, but he seems kind of drunk. And then Jean Renault walks in. Mm-mm-mm. And Hank kind of explains the previous um, couple of episodes ago where suddenly he gets a gun to his head and then we never see him again. Or we never right. get an explanation. But apparently the prosecutor badge he had on him saved his life. And I guess he just is now in business with Jean. They want to use Ernie's fabulous accounting skills for their evil plans he seems okay with it <laughs> like how good I, I mean what kind of accounting are we talking <laughs> yeah it's probably like the whole like ozark thing of like fudging numbers and making oh, it look so. real when you don't have the money or something like that but i just kept thinking yeah. this whole scene and i apologize to any ernie's out there that are listening but i feel <laughs> like you can never trust a person named ernie well, what if he's friends with bert well and he's he's just nice to be uh, it's a facade he's probably evil so <laughs> he's living I a did lie. get that mixed up in my head <laughs> or say, I was like but well, he's mean I was like but no wait Ernie's the nice one Bert's the mean one <sighs> yeah I don't think of Ernie as being a particularly bad but I don't think he's like necessarily bad bad but also like I'm like you clearly don't necessarily really want to do it but like maybe yeah. you can't help yourself but I also don't feel bad for Norma's mom because she, she's the worst yeah so at this point and I'm like he, oh, who cares yeah he's like saying he's not gonna steal from his wife but this whole accounting thing he seems okay with yeah um, to a certain extent <clears throat> and then the Mountie comes in and we know that he's a corrupt of course <laughs> he said, wait a minute possibly go after Cooper without being corrupt yourself 
Mm-hmm. Or he could possibly still be undercover since it was like a whole bus thing they wanted. I mean, right. it's conceivable, but I don't think we're supposed to believe that. Uh, the setup for this plot, though, is kind of a little unclear. So Yeah. There's a suitcase of cocaine involved. And ultimately, that's what's going to bring down Cooper. Like, they're going to plant it. But we've already had planting of drugs, which was never successful on this show. So <laughs> No. And also, what makes me think that he's not in on it, the Mountie, which makes me think he's not double-crossing John Renault, is because he right there is your evidence. He's giving you a suitcase yeah. full of cocaine. And yeah. so I think he is evil. He definitely is. <sighs> <laughs> I was just trying to give him the benefit of the doubt in my head. Never. Oh, we get a short scene. God, they really cram it a lot in this episode. A short scene of Harry asleep, and he hears someone outside. And then he opens the door, and Josie falls in crying, and they immediately start kissing on the floor. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, wait, isn't she, like, battered? And also, I was like, of course he's wearing these, like, 1920s gold rush, like, red like union suit things. <laughs> like what century are we in? He got two ladies, probably fake stories in one day. I bet Josie's like, I was wandering through the woods and an angel led me to a cabin. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, wait a minute. I heard this story. I know this one. <laughs> oh, then we get the final scene. The one that really brings you wanting to come back for more the next episode. <sighs> Cooper and Briggs are out in the woods roasting marshmallows. And Cooper has been wondering if Bob really exists. And Briggs is just full of wisdom. And he asks him, have you ever heard of the White Lodge? No, thank you. Is that the first time we've heard of the White Lodge? It is. Well, don't forget about it. (laughs) (laughs) How could I? At one point, Cooper pops a marshmallow in his mouth, which is 100% not roasted. No. (laughs) Very soft and not melted. Coop feels the call of nature as the music gets scary and we start to see some of that owl perspective we've seen in the past. Uh-huh. I don't know if it's an owl because it was like along the ground, but I assume it was an owl. I always like, it's like the whatever form Bob yes, and them take the like a spirit form. or whatever. Yeah. And the owl hoots, which we know the owls are not what they seem. Mm-mm. And then we get a white light on the campsite and we see a hooded figure on the top of a little cliffy thing Mm -hmm. and when cooper runs back major briggs is gone and i think that looks like he got abducted by aliens (laughs) (laughs) after the scene i just yelled out aliens because that's (laughs) That's what it looked like aliens question mark (laughs) (laughs) that's what it looked like Uh, you can never know he works with like space stuff because they listen for messages so let's add some aliens Mm -hmm. to the craziness (laughs) right i just like this whole scene about how they're like is bob really real blah blah and like you saw all the supernatural weird stuff my first thought immediately would be like he is not the only person (laughs) he is not the only (laughs) evil entity we need to figure out what is going on but they're just like could he be real yeah (laughs) like you guys (sighs) Um, did you have, well, that was the end of this episode. Did you have a favorite scene? I sure did. My favorite scene <laughs> was the cheerleading scene with ah! Queen Nadine throwing everyone <laughs> around and getting a gold medal on Florida. Yeah. Yeah. That one's a pretty excellent. I mean, I, 
I'm just gonna say the last scene because it's just so mm-hmm. like intriguing. I love Major Briggs and him and Cooper together in the woods, and then him disappearing. It's very mysterious and cool. But overall, I really did like this episode a lot. Like I just thought, yeah, know, the Shelley's acting was on point. Mm-hmm. All the transitions and the direction was really good. We had so many stories set up. Yeah, they jam packed a, a lot of this episode. I liked a lot of it. Plus, it was kind of almost like a filler. It almost seemed like a filler episode because it was like nothing major really happens, but it is just mm-hmm. like like the perfect transitional episode between yeah what's to come and what we've been leaving behind. Right, because we don't really, I mean, this whole, I mean, for a whole first season and then pretty much half the second season, we've been focused on like one specific thing, like who killed Laura, who killed Laura. And now we know it and it's like, where else do we go? And of course Mm -hmm. they have to throw a major curveball. But in a way we're still asking because we're assuming that wasn't really Leland, you know, it was this other Mm -hmm. thing. And now this other thing is like making itself known. Right. It's like (laughs) not hiding in the shadows. I know. So for sorting, I thought we could do either. I kind of thought Sarah Palmer, because she doesn't really come back Mm -hmm. a lot in the second season, but she does come back in the third season, so it might be better to do her in the third season. Vivian was my other option, because I this may be the last we see of Vivian, Norma's mother. Right, right, right. I kind of like doing her, because I feel like this episode was especially, like, pointed with her. Yeah, this was definitely like, actually, I'm sure she'll probably be in it more because Ernie's in it, but this was like the reveal of her real character, you know? (laughs) Right. This was kind of like her big kind of episode. Yeah. Okay, let's do Vivian. (laughs) I probably should have like looked her up (laughs) on her card or, you know, like, (laughs) so I knew something. To know some other things. But I was just thinking of sorting, like... And we've been doing, we've been, I've been enjoying our, you know, sorted ourselves without looking it up. Mm-hmm. So what would you say about Vivian? Head, heart, passion? I would definitely, like, I'm trying to think earth. of like, I was thinking earth at first. And oh, at first I was thinking fire. Cause I was like, she's, <laughs> she's kind of awful and seems to kind of destroy everything in her path just for like personal gain. I just thought maybe like uh-huh. air because she's a writer, but also air can be kind of heartless sometimes, you know? Yeah, it's, that's true. It's all mental. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I like that. I'm just justifying without actually using my heart to think about it. Yeah, that makes sense to me. But then I think of the air signs, which are Libra. Oh, maybe Libra because Libra is one of those that's like, oh, we want everything to look good. It's ruled by Venus, but it's actually a lot of astrologers will call Libra like, like secretly the villain of the, <laughs> the uh, zodiac <laughs> or the mob boss of the zodiac or something because mm-hmm. yeah they they make everything look okay on the outside but they're really kind of heartless and ruthless <laughs> <laughs> i mean i think that's a really good fit based on this episode and her reveal i so. agree yeah let's call her libra maybe with like a capricorn moon or something that's not very emotional <laughs> and like more yeah. into material acquisition type thing yes (laughs) not very emotional at all yeah 
What about D&D? I would say she's probably neutral neutral. Mm, I thought lawful evil was my first thought. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to me, every time I ever see like a rich person, I'm like, if you didn't win the lottery, you probably got your money by doing something not so great. So (laughs) there's some aspect of it that was probably not the most lawful. (laughs) Well, I don't know the way. I mean, she's definitely cruel, but I don't feel like she's... Like, she's just like, well, I mean, it is what it is. I'm telling the truth, which makes me think of Lawful, like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, you're right. So Lawful but, neutral, um, is that what you said? It could be neutral evil. No, I said Lawful evil. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, like, to her, a person like her, the way I, the reason I choose, like, neutral as a second is because to her it's probably not like she's not like I'm not being trying to be like mean I'm not I'm just being honest I'm trying to do like what I think is right and it's like the whole aspect of like not necessarily is like you know the idea of like I'm just trying to give you tough love in a way right right so she's not like her intentions aren't necessarily evil even though the <laughs> the outcome is like okay you're awful <laughs> hmm I just feel like neutral neutral is too neutral for her. And I don't know. Lawful neutral sounds too good. <sighs> neutral yeah. evil. <laughs> is evil too I feel evil like, for her? <laughs> yeah. Because I, I feel like when we say like evil, it's like it's like one end and one end. And then, and then like neutral makes up everything in between. So she is can still though, be neutral like, on the evil end. Your intention or your or like actions. the results of your actions. Is it like what you intended to do or what you actually did? I, I, don't I always say intentions um, just because if you're going to get okay. someone like the good, like they yeah. intended to do good, maybe it didn't work out how it was supposed to. But Yeah, yeah maybe lawful neutral then. That sounds probably about right. Yeah, because neutral can be like, she can be leading way more evil, but not completely evil. Yeah, again, I think this needs to have another line of Art. squares <laughs> turn it from a, a six grid to a nine grid or something yeah a 50 grid so that we can put them in very specific spots yeah <laughs> and then our newest way of sorting what jane austen book or heroine or hero do you think is her favorite or you know character or is she most oh, like <laughs> either or hmm. she's I'm definitely like, got a Catherine Burke. because she's like i'm just telling you the truth of how it is no matter whether it hurts your feelings or not you know like yeah coming from her own snobby perspective yeah because i uh, at first i was like is she like mr elliot but she doesn't seem as outwardly like materialistic and classist um yeah so i do like the catherine de berg because she kind of is like that more like positions herself as a more societal person and it's just like yeah, like you said, it is what it is. Yeah, I'm trying to think of. Yeah, I, I'm just thinking of the other books, and I mean, yeah, I think Lady Catherine de Bourgh probably. <laughs> I think that's just the I best. I was just going through bit. all the characters in my head, and I was like, she definitely seems the most like I'm just telling the truth, and I, you know, don't care about your feelings, but you right, know, the truth and is I think definitely the skewed. other, <laughs> yeah, and the other characters that I would think that she would be sort of aligned with. I'm like, oh, wait, they're all scheming to kind of like ladder climb. And she doesn't need to do that. She's not necessarily trying to bring anyone down. She's just like, you know, right. telling her quote unquote truth. So, right, right, right. Yeah. Lady okay. Catherine. Cool. Do we want to do any other ones? 
Any other characters? Any other sorting? Uh, like Harry Potter? Yeah, Sometimes sure. I feel like I, I, they're just not fantasy enough characters for Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would say if she wasn't Harry Slytherin. Potter, she would definitely be a Slytherin. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> definitely be a Slytherin. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> and Norma's a Gryffindor. Is she? Or is she have a buff? <laughs> I feel like she she's just so caring and so heart forward that it seems so much more Gryffindor. That's true. Me. Yeah. She wouldn't necessarily be yeah. a very big standout from the Gryffindor house, but she would she just has those kind of qualities. She's loyal. She kind yeah. of is like leads with her heart. And I could see her Ed and Nadine all being in Gryffindor together. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. Where is the spinoff? The mashup we <laughs> Maybe even Hank too, because I don't think he started off as evil as he became. <laughs> no, yeah, he definitely got corrupted. Yeah. <laughs> now I'm picturing them all at Hogwarts together. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Dool, do we have any final thoughts on this episode? Uh, I'm like, it's such a good episode, I think, to come back to. Yeah. Because it like, Seems like it's the end, but then it tricks you at the end where it's like, no, actually, we have a whole new storyline that you don't know nothing about. And you're about to get your mind blown. So I'm really excited to see the rest of these episodes. Yeah, me too. I think it's a good, like, tide me over episode. I'm glad, even though we're just doing one randomly in the middle of all this, that we did do it because, like, you know, it's kind of like a bridging Uh between where we've left off and where we're going. And probably at the start of the new year, we'll start doing Twin Peaks season two again, like, you know, every other episode. So I think it's good because it's, like, getting me excited for when we get to it. But, like, not too much that I'm like, but I want to know what happens today. (laughs) You know, Right, right. Yeah, they don't give too much. And one thing I did really like is I'm hoping this episode is setting a trend for the rest of them that we'll be getting more of these characters that we do like. And maybe less of the ones that I don't really care about anymore that much. Well. <laughs> <laughs> I can hope. I can I'm not going to say 100% that's true. But um, <laughs> we're going to still make the most of it. <laughs> Recommendation time. Yes. Do you have one or would you like me to go first? You go first. (laughs) Already. (laughs) (laughs) I, my recommendation for today is going to be a video game. It is The Last of Us Part 2. And I'm a little late to the game because it did come out, I think, sometime last year. And I just (laughs) finished it a couple weeks ago. But I, I really enjoyed it. A lot of people did not like it as much as the first one and I feel like I'm the exact opposite I liked it a lot more than the first one because we kind of like have that that aspect which I think is so much more like complex and more fun than just like oh these zombie like creatures you gotta you know avoid them now we're having like groups of people and communities that have come as a result of this and like their interactions with each other and how they kind of developed you know from you know the ground up and how they're so uh-huh. different. And I think it's so interesting. And a lot of the criticism of this game was very anti-LGBT because it does, it is a very anti, uh, it is a very LGBT plus story because the main character is a lesbian. We have a very awesome trans character that I think is very complicated and very oh. complex. 
and it was really, really fun to play it. So I would say ignore the criticism, give it a chance. <laughs> it is just so much fun. And I think I'm going to play it again soon. That's one of those games that like, I uh, that was one of those like, oh, why don't I have a PlayStation or it's a PlayStation, right? Or yes. whichever thing that's not an issue because that's all I ever have. But I'm always <laughs> like, oh, should I get it just to play this game? That's always one of those games that I'm like, but I could play this game. Yes. It's very scary. So if you like scary. Okay. Well, I'm looking at my list of recommendations and I could recommend them. Although a lot of them are video games that I haven't played very recently. So they're not like top of my mind, mm -hmm. but I do have one thing that I'm currently starting, but I'm barely into it, but I still kind of want to talk about it. So I will <laughs> tentatively recommend. And I mean, it seems like it's the number one show in the world right now. Start watching squid game. Oh, <sighs> Oh my gosh, I, no spoilers please, because I'm so excited to watch this movie or show. <laughs> I'm only two episodes in and the only thing I will say, which shouldn't be too much of a spoiler, is that it is disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I've heard. <laughs> it's not like disturbing and like a disturbing gross kind of way or like a sugar-coated bright and shiny kind of way, but yeah. I was like, what is happening? But my sister watched the whole thing and she really has been like, watch it. I need to talk to you about it. So mm -hmm. I'm going to tentatively go ahead and recommend it considering everyone else is watching it. You might as well. But I haven't right. watched more than two episodes, so I can't really say for sure that it's amazing. But <laughs> mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of good things about it. And I will say something that was kind of like, I feel like the trailer kind of gives too much away because... You know, I kind of know based from the trailer that it's like, you know, kind of a survivalist thing. It does have Hunger Game vibes. Yeah, which I do <laughs> like that kind of like, you know, Hunger Games slash Battle Royale kind of aspect where it's like, you know, last one standing. Basically, I do kind of enjoy those movies yeah. and shows. So it, I am really excited to start it. And maybe we can talk about it more. Yeah, I, I would, it's nothing at all like Saw, but you know how Saw yeah. has like... Um, there's a whole reason behind he's doing all these things. Yeah, I there's like a feel like thought. It's going to be something like that, but I'm not really. I, I, I don't know yet. <laughs> if it is, I hope it's not because <laughs> I'm like, the idea of exploiting people who are struggling for like, you know, a higher thought. I'm like, okay, whatever. <laughs> so After watching the first episode, I talked to Chelsea and I was like, here's my prediction for the last thing that happens. And she's like, well, I'm not going to say you're wrong. <laughs> 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 well i'm excited I, to watch it as we yeah, can dive i'm still into excited it. to see how it gets there <laughs> yeah oh, gosh i'm scared uh, and okay well next week because uh, we're recording these just a teensy bit out of order but next week we start wild at heart which i've already started working on <gasps> and i cannot wait to get to it it's gonna be a two episode you know extravaganza extravaganza it is so I, I mean i just i really can't wait i i haven't watched it since <laughs> it was, I, I think i've only watched it once like back in oh. college so it was kind of all fresh for me wow i'm excited <laughs> but it's really good so i'm excited to get to that next week and oh if you would like to get in contact with us yes you can email us at mannersandmadness at gmail.com you can dm us on twitter at mannersmadness or on instagram at mannersandmadnesspod or you can leave a one minute voicemail on our website at mannersandmadness.com yes 
and there is a donate button if you'd like to give us a few dollars we love any sort of correspondence from you and any yes, ratings please. or reviews you want to leave us we're really bad at social media and so when people <laughs> share our posts that means a lot to us too <laughs> so, yes spread the word yeah if you're enjoying it tell others who might enjoy it and <laughs> i guess this is the halloween episode i didn't even think about that is it oh my god <laughs> yeah. that's so cool i mean technically i kind of think of i mean well heart isn't really scary but i kind of thought of it as like you know still in the spooky season for us but it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's got a vibe never. yeah so we'll stay in the um certain vibe until we're done with that and then it'll be all christmasy time <laughs> <laughs> yay i'm so excited for the holidays <sighs> yep well, that's it. <laughs> we will talk to you guys next week with Wild at Heart. Yes. Thank you for listening. Good night. Bye.